Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, welcome to the Keeping It 100 radio segment, Empowered Voices. I'm Valeria Garcia, certified health coach, type 1 diabetic, women's wellness coach and mentor inside Needles and Spoons, and alumni of our signature program, Keeping It 100. Inside this segment, I hold space and interview individuals, leaders, and supporters from the T1D community to share their story, journey, experiences, and wisdom to empower, inspire, and share their light. To find these conversations live, join us inside the T1D Judgment-Free Zone Facebook group. All right, we are live. We are so excited. This is another episode of Empowered Voices with myself, Val. And today we have Emily, which is one of our past clients. She recently graduated from our Keeping It 100 program. We're so excited for her today to share her journey and her experiences with all of you so, Emily, if you want to introduce yourself and let us know where you're at. Yeah. So, I'm Emily Van Rewar, if you <laughs> didn't catch that. So, um, I live in rural Iowa, so right in the middle of the U.S. And so, my story kind of is that I was diagnosed at around age five, so really early. And then I also come from a family with a grandpa and my dad are both also type ones. And so, we were able to catch my diabetes very early on using my dad's meter that my parents could kind of tell that something was awry and figured that might be what to test first. And of course, my meter was over 600. So off to the doctor I went. (laughs) And so since I was that little, I really never knew life without diabetes. So I grew up with it. And so like already in my teens, I started doing a lot of it all on my all on my own. And so it was just pretty easy for me to know what's happening. But then it's also really interesting now, like after going through the program too, seeing how going from like the pediatric side to the adult side. I feel like there was kind of a disconnect for me personally that especially like switching to the adult doctor is where I got a lot of problems in my management. Yeah. And I always forget that there's other type ones in your family. I feel like that makes Mm -hmm. such a, the beginning so different, right? Because you're having people that see some of those symptoms early and there's like a lot of awareness in the family. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, because I I really never got, I never really got sick. They caught it by, it was a hot summer and I was going to the bathroom multiple times. Wow. And so like, if they wouldn't have been type one, they wouldn't, they would have just chalked it up to, it's hot. They're drinking a lot. So Exactly. I mean, yeah, that was me. <laughs> I was like already 23 years yeah. old. I was like going pee all day and I was like, hmm, this is weird, but it's also hot. So I'm drinking a lot of water. It's just so easy to kind of make those like excuses, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, it's just something else. Like I'm not, I'm not sick. Um, wow. So that's great. That's so yeah. wild. I know. Isn't it crazy? I feel like when I first learned 
the actual like ranges of blood sugars, you know, when they tell you when you're first diagnosed, they're like, oh, your blood sugar's at like 800. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? I remember <laughs> I was like, true. so what yeah. does that mean? <laughs> wow. I, I don't know if I ever really knew what it was because when they brought me in, they knew exactly what my problem was. So it's not like they detested and it was like astronomically high either. So I was like, well, <laughs> I guess that's good, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great that they caught it early. And so, okay, you had your family. So you had that. And then you said that transition from, yeah, being like a child with your management to then shifting to being an adult. So what was that like for you? Oh, my pediatric endo was amazing. I loved her so much. And like, especially as I started getting older, she started like helping me learn what kind of the things were. Granted, did I pay attention at that time? Not really. <laughs> but so I don't know. It was just really good. And then I got to stay with that once through college. And then after college, I had to go to the adult one. And I uh, just it was hard because like I went I go from one that I really love to having to find a completely new one. And I still have not found one that I love yet. But it's also something pretty hard to find, especially in this area, because I already have to drive 45 minutes to the nearest city to go to my doctor's appointments. And so a lot of my problems started with, so like the first endo I was seeing, I would go in. And especially as like a 20-year-old person with like, when you're 20 years old, a lot of times you deal with your body image and like, like forget my word now <laughs> but stuff like that yeah so like you're going yeah, you're like self-esteem yeah like self-esteem body image like that's such a big yes. time in our yeah. lives yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so going into the doctor I think I had an a1c around like 6.8 so that's pretty good for like a teenager and so they I go in and they tell me to eat less carbs in those exact words and that's not really a good thing for me personally to hear. And I think that really started a lot of my problems because the first time I was told that I didn't really listen. I just kept doing whatever. But then they consistently kept telling me it multiple times I was going. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just start cutting here and there and see what happens. And so then... I once I started cutting the carbs out, I was seeing go flat, and I started falling into my overmanagement of if I eat less carbs, my blood sugar will be flatter, and I'll have less variability, and I'll be fine. What could go wrong? <laughs> but yeah. that's when I feel like it just got so mentally exhausting because I would check my um every five minutes and just always how my blood was at, where it was going. And I would like, I don't know, I, I, tr- because in my head, I started saying that in order to have a snack, I needed to be low. And so I would not knowingly run myself low so I could have a snack. And hey. that's not good. Like, <laughs> you should be able to eat a snack and not be low and not feel bad. And so I really started getting to that place now and I can do that so yeah and Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good 
I'm so happy that you can kind of zoom out now and kind of see how your relationship with diabetes has evolved. Because you're right. I feel like you went from that awareness of diabetes, because like you said, it was always around you. It was always in your life, in your family, Mm -hmm. so that you had more independence in your management. And you're like, hey, I see my family eating stuff so I can eat whatever. You know, it's just like a different Mm -hmm. introduction to it. And then, you know, then you get to your teen years. Now they're like feeding you more of that like fear-based mentality, right? Like like all the restriction, like the answer is restriction. And it it makes me so sad that that's still a conversation happening in medical offices Mm -hmm. with our doctors because it's it really does. You're right. It really creates. I felt the same way being diagnosed as, you know, a younger adult. I felt like, yeah, body image, all these like self-esteem, all the normal things that we may be thinking about is now like Like amplified times 10 because now you're like either afraid of food or you're restricting, you're having disordered eating, your your hunger cues are thrown off and yeah, you might be only eating snacks Mm -hmm. low and it's, it really is a big battle to go through and when you're going through it you really want to have such a strong like team on your side to help you get past yes. that um, and it is it is an unfortunate space to be in and I definitely was there too so I'm so happy to see yeah. like where you're at now so okay you went from kind of over managing um, being more restricted to where you are now. So what would you say, like living in that experience, like what motivated you most to join keeping it 100 and work with some coaches and join the community? Yeah, I'd say definitely what motivated me the most was just, I had the thought of like, how long can I keep doing this? Like I'm exhausted. It's taking up so much mental space. And I feel like I wasn't enjoying what I was being able to do because the forefront of my mind was on my management and I'm a, my I can like going out on vacation means trying new restaurants trying new fun foods and everything yeah when you go on trips or you're traveling or any kind of new experiences like you want to try stuff yeah and it's just no fun to be force yourself to not do it and so and then also that and then seeing everybody's perfects online it's just you have to get out of the mental space of this is somebody's good day and they're not showing the bad they're just showing the good and so before I joined keeping it 100 I saw I started following a bunch of like different diabetes related things on social media and stuff and it's just there's almost too much to sort through what's true and what's not true and it gets really hard. And I just knew I needed something. I can't do it all on my own. I don't have the time or energy to figure out what works exactly for me without guidance. And I really do like the community-based things. Like I like, like especially in the program, that I like that we all got to be on a call on Tuesdays. And we all got to bounce ideas off each other. And hear what everybody else is struggling and going through and be able to give our opinions also. Yeah. And yeah, I love that you made that point of like, there is so much information out there, right? Not even just in like the diabetes community, but in like all communities, right? Like spiritual communities, any community you can think of, there is a lot of information. It's like information overload. Literally, social media is information overload and it's coming at you so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, And... 
I think, you know, you're right. It's like, okay, when I'm shuffling through this, what is what I truly need to get to somewhere sustainable versus like a quick fix? I think a lot of times online, there's a lot of like quick fixes or like, just do this and all your problems will be solved, right? Like a doctor being like, just eat no carbs. You have a perfect line. It's like, I might have a perfect line, but I don't feel empowered Mm -hmm. in my management. I don't feel like I'm living the life that I want to live. I'm not enjoying it. And I'm so strict. so I love that you knew exactly what you needed to be successful and to have a sustainable, sustainable management, management practice, practice for you. Um, so when you were in Keeping It 100, let us all know. I mean, I know because it was so fun to work with you, but let us know like what was your main focus or like your biggest accomplishments going through the 10-week program? Yeah, so definitely initially going in, I focused a lot on like the food and nutrition aspects just because I feel like there was a lot to learn and that was where I was struggling the most. But then I definitely, after I started the program, a lot on the cycling or cycle information, I learned a lot from and I really enjoyed that. And I feel like that's definitely helped a lot. (laughs) And so even I now have basal body temp on my watch so it tracks that every morning because I never woke up at the right same time every day (laughs) and so now it's so fun to be able to like see the whole graph and everything and know and like I even was re-listening to some old podcasts this morning and I listened to the basal body temp one just because to re-familiarize myself with like the points and stuff and then I like your quote on I wrote it down the um the more stress in your body, the more resistant you'll always have. I really had to switch my profiles. And so that kind of hit a tune tune with me because I was like, well, it's the holidays and there's a lot of stress going on nowadays. So I was like, well, that definitely makes sense why I felt like I was more resistant <laughs> the past few weeks. Yeah. But and like, you're making me I'd cry one of the days like <laughs> um, one of the big nutrition ones is the whole trial and error process, which I've really taken stride with because if it didn't work the first time, I wouldn't try again. I love that. Yeah. And and you're right. I know. I remember you were always like saying one of our favorite quotes, but you really truly lived by the quote of like, you can't figure out how to bolus for the cupcake if you don't eat the cupcake. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that that was kind of your mantra as you went through the program because I know that was a big focus for you to really rebuild and reopen yourself to like a new relationship with food. And you love to bake. I mean, you're a baker. I mean, you mm-hmm. love food and you love yes. the relationship that you have with it. Mm-hmm. And I think I know that was so important to you. And it was really awesome to see in just 10 weeks, like how much you really were able to kind of shift your mindset when you were going through that trial and error process. Because, you know, when you're trial and error in anything, there's points where it can get overwhelming, it can get discouraging, but it, you really have to do that to really learn yes. like, what are my patterns and what strategies do I have? And if it didn't work this time, mm-hmm. what other strategies can I try next time? And you were so open to yeah. that whole time. And it was mm-hmm. really awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like with the whole trying new food stuff um as you saw on my instagram i guess but i went to a little like igloo to get coffee with my mom's sister and cousin and so they had gluten-free donut cake 
I was like, oh, we have to try that. We can't say no to that. And so I just paired it with a coffee that didn't have milk or anything, but had fun flavor and which I still enjoy. I still like my coffee like that. And so I made, I gave myself the grace of I'll have the cake, but I'll just pair it nicely. So I know my blood sugar will be a little bit more. Um, what's the word? Just <laughs> a like, little bit more. Yeah. Like stable over like, stable. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I have that little bit going for me that I know what to do with. So, yeah. And that's such like an empowering space to be in where you can like see a dessert and get excited to try it versus mm-hmm. being afraid of it. Oh, I know. It's I love that for you because I yeah. like the same way. I remember I used to be so afraid to like try a cookie or if like people had desserts. I was like really reserved about trying it or I'd only try a little. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, nope, I want the whole cookie. I'll take two. Yeah. And it's such a nice space to be in knowing like I really can enjoy everything that I want to enjoy. It's just a matter of like, what's my strategy here and what's going to work for me? And sometimes we don't have access or don't have all the time to do all the strategies, but just having even the strong mindset to like still be present and enjoy, like no matter what the number reads is like a, another huge space to be. Yes. And it's, it's one, that's another thing I thought of like towards the end of the program is it's one day out of how many days that. If one day your blood sugars aren't great, the next day, and I've had that so many times now that like I'm eating carbs like I used to, and eating bet still I'm eating better than I used to, but now I'm eating fun food, yeah, yeah, that I look forward to, and now like I'll have a day where I'll just sit at two hundred after eating, and I don't know why, but then I give myself the grace of it's one day, and. Then I'll go into the next day and not cheat myself out because I had a bad day yesterday. But then just because I'm not worried about it and I just do things that I know will affect my blood sugar and I know how my blood will react, I'm able to get a better line and give myself that sense of reassurance. Yeah, I love that. And that's so true, like that comparison. I I think that that old school, like the all or nothing or like that mindset where it's like, oh, something went wrong. So I have to like punish myself because I did Mm -hmm. something wrong. And I hate that. And I feel like that same mental like mindset goes into like exercise all the time where I see people like pair those two together. Like, oh, I'm going to eat this cookie, but I have to go run 20 miles. And it's like, no, we can do both or not do both. Either way, it's like building that. And I think, you know, it is a practice. Like you said, it's definitely like a muscle, right? Working on the mindset, working Mm -hmm. on our relationship day to day with diabetes outside of our diabetes management. It's just a good muscle to practice. And with With that, I know we didn't talk about it yet, but I kind of wanted to ask you about Ruger uh, so you can talk about it a little bit. But Emily also has a diabetes medical alert dog. And you guys, she was in the whole program and none of us (laughs) knew this. Until the end, I think it was about like, like I want to know more. I was like, tell us more. Um, so if you want to just kind of talk about um, how he plays a role in your management today or even how he did before um, and how kind of like where you're at now in your management overall after you've completed the program. Now you're kind of like your own coach out in yeah, the world. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So my dog's name is Ruger. And I think I got him around five years ago now. So he's been my buddy for quite a while. And we got a pretty, pretty good bonds. But I think I, I was in ju- sophomore in high school when we started the process of getting him just because I had a lot of issues with not hearing my alarms overnight. And I actually had a scary night one time where my dad heard my decks come going off. I was oblivious to it. And I asked. I did have a seizure in our kitchen. And so after that, we kind of wanted to find something that we were able to do to help prevent that kind of fear from that. And so we looked at a few different places and then we found him through Diabetic Alert Dogs of America out of Las Vegas. And so the whole process with him is we filled out our application got our down payment and then they started looking for a dog and so i was able to do tell them if i wanted male or female what uh my preferred breed preferred color and so when i did i said that i would want a chocolate female lab i ended up with a black male lab but i love him nonetheless and it just kind of because they do a lot with matching the temperament of the dog to the person and you can really tell because he's almost scared of a cat (laughs) and so he's definitely not super outgoing which i'm not either i'm definitely more of an introverted person and so it's nice to have not feel like the dog overpowers me especially when i'm out and i have to try to control him around other people I think that was a really nice touch that they found a dog that was perfect for me. And so after they got my approval, they started training him. I think they started training him about about eight weeks old. And then he was about eight months by the time he finished training. And so for training, when my blood sugar was in different ranges, I would have to suck on cotton balls, freeze them, and then ship them all to Las Vegas. And so since they had my scent to train off of, Ruger already kind of knew who I was before he even met me. Because I never saw him while he was doing his training. I never saw him until they delivered him. But then once he was fully trained, they flew him out here and actually had the trainer bring him to our house to try. And then... The first, it was kind of neat. The first thing they had us do is they handed me a ball and said, go play fetch. So the first time I ever got to meet Ruger, we were playing fetch in our front yard. So that was pretty special. Yeah. And then the trainer really just walked us through all of our training and like what he learned and then just like how to continue training him and everything. So it was, it's pretty nice. He, He's made a lot of friends over the years. So he was kind of a little celebrity at my high school because he was the only service dog that we've ever had. Because I go to a, a, uh, I went to a high school in the middle of a cornfield. <laughs> so was it really in the middle of the cornfield? <laughs> yes. It was literally in the middle of a cornfield because it's four small towns in one school. And so the school isn't actually in a town, <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. And since it was just a small little school, he always got to wear a Halloween costume. 
he always dressed up for like homecoming and special games and always wore a cute little sweater before Christmas. I love this. That's so fun, Emily. Like I, I feel like having that relationship is so special. Yeah. And I think that helps too, especially like being in high school and already having to, you know, manage like those conversations about like, hey, I'm a diabetic, you know, this is my mm-hmm. reality. And yeah, high school is just an awkward time. You know, it's just kind of a weird time and we're growing up and mm-hmm. things are changing in our lives. So to have Ruger with you to go through that is great. And I love that you said he's kind of like your same energy. So you guys are similar mm-hmm. in how you socialize and when you relax. I think that's really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So now after you've kind of talked about some of your bigger accomplishments when you went through the program, how would you say things are now for you? Like, how are you feeling now after the program, being your own coach, going through different situations and new experiences? Yeah, I am definitely so much more confident with my management overall. And like, I went from eating like 15 carbs a meal to now I eat like 45 to 60 carbs a meal. And it's just, I have so much more energy now to put towards things I want to do. And I just feel so much better. And now it's cold out. So I'm having to tweak my basil and I still haven't got that perfect. But knowing how to be able to change it on my own too without having to go to the endo and say what's wrong and so it's just kind of really nice to be able to like go through and make all these changes on my own and just kind of figure it out yeah it's really nice but and like the holidays were interesting (laughs) (laughs) but because i went to thanksgiving and tried so many new foods and it was just, I don't know, it was weird because I was more anxious the days before than I was the day of. Because of the day of, and I was like, I just, I just want to be present. I care, but I don't care. And so it was just nice to be able to give me. And his whole family is so good at like, here's the package before we get rid of it. And that they make it gluten-free things for me that I don't get left out of eating things either. And so I ate a lot of new foods that like my family never does. So I just kind of had a whole new bolusine (laughs) meal that I've never done before. And so it was just kind of nice to be able to have the freedom of it may go wrong, but I don't know what to do for my leftovers. So after all the Thanksgiving leftovers got done, I got pretty good at bolusine for it. I love that. And that's great. I love that you said just going into like holidays or any like festivities or like events. I love that your goal was like, my goal here isn't to have perfect management. My goal here is to be Mm -hmm. present. And I love that. That's such a great way and a great perspective to have when you're going into something new, right? There's going to be people. Um, there's gonna be a lot of family. There's gonna be so many new foods, like you said. But I think holding on to what do I want this experience to truly be for me, and then allowing yourself to be okay going into that, whatever the outcome may be. And I think that's so mm-hmm. powerful. And I love 
it, it is interesting. You know, you think about like, okay, where was I a year ago going into the holidays to like, where am I now? And like, where yeah. do I feel comfortable? Like what strategies feel good for me? Even if, you know, we talk about all the time, even if like, Sometimes I go into certain events, like my strategy here has like nothing to do with the bolusing strategy. Like my strategy might just be like, I want a strong mindset. I'm going to hydrate and I'm going to try to pair foods well on my plate. And that's like my goal. And I think it's totally okay to have those goals whenever you want. And I love that you have that freedom again to do that for yourself. I think it's really beautiful. And you have such a supportive group of people. You have your family, you have your partner. And all of your friends, I just feel like everyone really works hard to support you. And I think that's amazing. And like yesterday was the first of Christmas events of the next few weeks. And it was not great. I won't lie. It wasn't great. But it was also one of the ones where it's just you eat the whole day. It's just you graze and you graze. And so my blood sugar was, I mean, it wasn't terrible. I was like 230. But I was just not happy (laughs) and then it's just those days win sometimes and as hard as I tried I just had to give myself a little break and my boyfriend was here so he was able to like help and just kind of calm me down and it's just so great to have somebody that knows and somebody that you can go to when you're struggling and those days will always come there's no way stop those days having the right people on your in your corner to those days yeah 100 percent. and you're right just keeping it at 100 with you guys like mm-hmm. yeah we do have some days that are heavier than other days and that's just like part of the journey um, but it does feel really nice when we can lean on like a community we can lean on our partners or our families or our friends in those moments because it is hard to do everything when you are having a hard time. So I'm happy that you have that. Um, Is there anything else you want to share kind of about your journey before I ask you my favorite question at the end? (laughs) I don't think so. I think that's, I've mostly got everything covered. Yeah, I love it. That's great. So one of my favorite questions to ask is always, what is just based on like your experiences, the people you've connected with and your life, what is advice that you'd want to share to anyone listening? Listening, It can be any advice or words of wisdom you'd want to share to like another type 1 diabetic you'd like to share to them. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I really have now looking back full picture is when I was starting to restrict and looking for that perfect line, I got scared to take insulin. And so I wasn't like not taking insulin and getting highs. I was just not eating enough that I would need to take a large bolus. And so by doing that, it's just really difficult. And so I've slowly been building it up. And now I can actually like take a normal bolus and like not feel fear about having insulin on board. And like insulin is kind of the main thing of diabetes that if you're scared of it, that you're going to have problems. Granted, it's not hard to be scared of it because it can either cause scary lows or scary highs. But as long as you know what to do with it, you'll be fine. And that it's really just important. So, yeah, and you're right. I think that's another part that is kind of on the other side, right? Is like, yeah, 
we always talk about like the food or restricting from like exercise or certain things, but you're right. There is a fear around insulin itself. So I think it's important to, yeah, also build that relationship and kind of understand what it means for you Mm -hmm. and how it affects your body. And it's like identifying those patterns like you shared. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say is one thing that helped you kind of like break past that fear? Probably eating a dessert that I really wanted because a lot of the ones, probably a cupcake, honestly, (laughs) back to cupcakes. But like a cupcake, it's like for me personally, it's like three units of insulin. And I was like, I ate one after eating a meal. And so I had a bunch of a few units on board, but I didn't go low. And so if it's the right amount of insulin, you won't go low or you won't go high. And so kind of just seeing that and increasing my meals, seeing how I keep taking more and more insulin for these meals, and I'm not having negative reactions. So it's obviously working. And that that just kind of helped of, I need the insulin on board. So it needs to be there. It's really just kind of the, what I've had to wrap my head around. So, Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a good way to start is just adding things in slowly that you feel comfortable with. And mm-hmm. yeah, I always say like, if you're nervous to try something at a restaurant, like pick up the food and try it at home, like your space that feels safe. Like there's yes. so many ways to make those experiences feel safe for you. And mm-hmm. I love that you're doing that. Perfect. Like it's one other thing I just remembered was like, Going into the program, I was trying to track everything. I was weighing everything. And that also was just taking up a lot of time. And now I still weigh stuff out sometimes just to be accurate and get close. But like even after, it might seem time consuming at first. But now I'm like, oh, that looks about like this many carbs. Or this looks about like one cup's worth. And so just like like re- relearning that information because like when you're when I was five that was heavily what they taught and so I was pretty good at that and then I just kind of got over worried about it and it was like I need to be exact and now I am back to the point where I'm like I have some past stuff written down but I'm not out there writing down and tracking everything that I do everything that's different and being able not having to like look up and bring a scale places. So that's just really empowering too to know that see where I went from to where I am now and see how much I've grown. I love that. Yeah, you're right. You have your own little library now, um, stored in your head or on your phone, whatever it is. But yeah, you're able to see that growth of the strategies you you, you know you learned when you were five to now being a young adult of like this is where I'm at and this is what's working for me. And I also think with that too, like we evolve and that's just like a perfect example. Like we evolve as humans and we evolve in our diabetes management. Like I always say like how I am today with my management is different than I was yesterday because I'm a different person. I woke up and I learned (laughs) new lessons today and I had new experiences. I had new interactions. So to me, I'm like that relationship with diabetes is ever evolving and we always have the Mm -hmm. choice to shift it however we want. And yeah, I love it. And I think that's exactly what you just said. And it's really special to hear too over like, you know, so many years of just like where you are today. So we thank you so much for 
sharing your journey with us and your experiences. We absolutely loved working with you. And for me personally, I always love, I get to see our clients in the beginning of the program as they share their goals with us. And then seeing you at the end when you graduate, there's like this glow. And I love to see it because there it is a matter of feeling <laughs> empowered in different areas of our life. Once you're empowered in your management, it's like, I feel like it just honestly just flows into the other areas of our life. Um, and it was really special to see you today and you talk about where you're at after. So we appreciate yeah. you. And yeah, Emily's on Instagram. If you guys want to connect with her, or hear more about her, I'm sure she would yeah. talk with you. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone who listened. Absolutely. In. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Emily. Have a good holiday and we'll talk soon. Our flexibility-centered approach inside of our signature coaching program, Keeping It 100, supports members like Emily in going from overwhelmed and restricted to confident in their diabetes management. Inside of Keeping It 100, we'll walk you through our exact step-by-step framework that allows you to gain more predictability in your blood sugar management without sacrificing the foods or experiences that you love. Our team has supported hundreds of type 1 diabetic women in fueling their bodies, conquering the decision-making process, understanding their hormones, and creating a restriction-free life with diabetes. Book your free consultation call with our team found in the show notes to make sure Keeping It 100 is the perfect fit for your 2023 journey. Woo! Let's go.